Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. And I'm Paige Miller. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, I will speak with Josh Borison, Director of Grain Farmers of Ontario, District 9, Perth. He is the current chair of the March Classic Committee, and we talk about this event as part of our year-long 10th anniversary celebration. And I will get an update from Marcus Hurl, Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario. First, a Grain Talk News update. The 2020 Ontario Soybean Variety Trials are now available at gosoy.ca. The trials are conducted by the Ontario Soybean and Canola Committee. They provide results on yield, plant height, lodging, relative maturity, and Phytophthora root rot damage. 2020 hybrid corn performance trial results were also released this week by the Ontario Corn Committee. The trial data includes head-to-head comparisons of hybrids, which can be viewed using the hybrid comparison selector at gocorn.net. Remember to select a package of corn hybrids that you are comfortable with, have experience with, and know how to manage. Growing a package of hybrids spreads your risk by spreading out the pollination period and diversifies your investment. Green Farmers of Ontario is a member of both the Ontario Soybean and Canola Committee and the Ontario Corn Committee. Grain Farmers of Ontario was honoured to be recognised for our communications initiatives at the Best of CAMA 2020, presented by the Canadian Agri-Marketing Association. Good and Every Grain's Trivia Game Consoles won the category Company or Industry-Funded Public Relations Tactic Directed at the General Public. The Ontario Grain Farmer Magazine received a Certificate of Merit in the magazine category. Congratulations to all of the winners representing marketing and communications programs across the Canadian agriculture and agribusiness. Grain Farmers of Ontario will hold all 2021 January district meetings via Zoom. The Board of Directors has approved this change in meeting format to ensure the health and safety of all farmer members and staff as the COVID-19 pandemic continues. Farmer members are encouraged to register for their district meeting. A full listing of meeting dates and times is available at gfo.ca. Pre-nominations for delegates and alternates are being accepted ahead of the meetings in order to facilitate a smoother election process. In addition to the election of delegates, the district meetings will provide farmer members with an update on the activities of our organization, discuss the development of the new strategic plan, and provide an opportunity for farmer members to bring forward issues of concern. All current Grain Farmers of Ontario farmer members that attend their January district meeting will receive a chance to win one of three tech prizes. And now, here's my conversation with Josh Borison. Today on the podcast, I want to welcome Josh Borison, our director for District 9 from Perth County. Thanks, Josh, for being here today. How are you? I'm well. How are you this morning, Paige? I'm good. Thanks for asking. So you've been a director since about 2019. You can give a little bit of background about your farm and your farming background before we jump into our interview today. So yeah, we've been uh, on the homestead here, the family farm, since the late 70s. My uh, grandfather and my uh, parents moved or my dad I guess at that time moved here uh, from uh, elsewhere in the in the province and uh, we've been farming here ever since we have uh, this is the third generation now with myself and then I've got uh, 
I guess I have a few kids that are up and coming yet, so we'll see how uh, how this all plays out. They got a ways to go yet, but uh, yeah, it's been good. I'm farming close to Stratford, and uh, just I I came into farming, I guess, in a bit of a, a an unconventional way, so to speak. I uh, I went to school for um, mechanical engineering. I got a diploma from uh, Fanshawe in London, and uh, I worked at that for about a year or two, and I decided that I'd rather be uh, at home on the farm, uh, even if it was just pulling wrenches or something, than uh, than working in any factory. So I come back here, and now I'm uh, I'm jumped in two feet first, trial by fire. So I'm learning uh, learning as we go. There you go. Yeah, it's definitely not the uh, the regular route. I think to take over or work on a farm, not having that egg degree, but definitely not not a bad way to get into it. Um, so you've been the District 9 director since 2019. So why did you decide to become a director for Green Farmers of Ontario? That question gets me every time. I, uh, <laughs> I can't say that that was something I, uh, I decided to do so much as um, I was encouraged to do. Um, we had our, uh, I was a delegate for about a year or two, I think. And then, uh, as you know, uh, Mr. Brock, stepped down from his role as chair and he decided that he wanted to uh, take a step back from the organization at that time. So it left a, a bit of a big shoes to fill and thought I could step into them. So I've been doing my best uh, and uh, it's been going fairly well, I think. Um, been doing my best to, uh, to bring the farmer's concerns forward and uh, I'm uh, yeah, two, two feet in and, and wholly committed to try and uh, do the best that I'm able. Oh, I, I personally think you're doing a great job of it. Um, so for 2020, and I guess just a little bit of background, uh, each director is able to be a part of different committees and you are the March Classic chair for that specific committee. Um, and this year we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary. So um, what are your thoughts? You know, we had to cancel last year's. So what are your thoughts on the cancellation for the 2020 Classic? Well, at the time, I guess in 2020, I wasn't the chair of the committee then. Um, I was on the committee as a member, and I know that um, that was a, that was a tough call to make. Um, you know, something that I think we had to do, basically given the circumstances. I know at that time, I think I had just snuck going into the London Farm Show, and then the week after, they shut everything down, and that's more or less when the classic was due to due to happen. So. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a big disappointment for myself as well. The uh, the classic I really look forward to every year. It's um, it's a little different kind of uh, industry show, I guess, if you will. It's there aren't uh, a whole lot of things like that put on uh, on in a, on an annual basis, and it uh, it's something that myself I look forward to, and I think others do too. Yeah, I know. I was definitely looking forward to it as it being the first potential March Classic I get to attend as working for Grain Farmers of Ontario. So kind of disappointed, but definitely understand that it's probably a good thing to cancel at that time as well. So how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected the plans for the 2021 March Classic? Well, uh, for 2021, uh, as with a lot of 2020, I guess no one really knows what's going to happen uh, come March of 2021. But um, we we move forward with the uh, the approach that the classic had to happen. 
it was more or less just how we were going to make that happen. Um, my personal ideal would be that we still uh, could proceed with an in-person event, but uh, perhaps in light of things going on right now and, and what may transpire after the Christmas holidays, we are going to have to uh, play that one by ear a little bit. But um, with that being said, we had always intended on having a virtual component to be tacked on to the in-person event. So it, um, it just kind of, we may have to lean heavy on the virtual side and, and go that route and hopefully those, those plans can shift uh, quickly. I know we have a, uh, a target date when we'll make that decision of whether we can have an in-person uh, meeting or a strictly virtual event. And uh, it's been, uh, I think a bit of a challenge and uh, I'm, I'm uh, pleased to say that I think uh, the communications department at, at GFO has been working diligently to get to a point where we can plan both streams and, and but uh, have a, have a, a go live effective uh, event, no matter what, uh, what hurdle faces us. So um, if we have to go virtual, I'm hoping we can do it well. I think we can. And that uh, it still provides a bit of uh what the classic is all about to the farmers and to those who uh, who like to attend. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely interesting because I'm seeing the the two kind of events being planned right now, um, which I know must be pretty tricky because you've got to worry about two potential options and it makes it a little bit trickier, but it, I definitely think we'll, we'll be able to pull through and, and get everything planned up and ready to go for 2021 March classic. So we're, Continuing or, or going with the team theme of marching ahead together. So what does that theme signify to you? The thing I liked the most about that theme was that it's, um, it's bold and it's not subtle. It really describes, you know, kind of uh, the approach, you know, it takes into to the March classic, but marching ahead together that, uh, you know, despite the adversity the industry may face or farmers may be faced with that, uh, you know, we are, we're in it. To, for the long haul, we have a vision towards the future. Um, the nice part about it is, uh, depending on how you look at it, it also takes a bit of reflection upon where we've been and, and builds upon that too. Um, you know, in 2020, that was our 10 year anniversary of the classic and of uh, kind of of GFO's uh, incarnation. So um, in a way we missed that. So looking to really kind of maybe highlight some of those things too and where you know, the, the 10 years have taken us to, but with a keen eye on, on moving forward and, and building uh, towards the future. I think it's a great theme. So what do you think your uh, favorite March Classic memory is? My favorite March Classic memory? Well, I, uh, I always like the keynotes. The keynotes are usually pretty good uh, or very good. Um, Mr. Mercer is hard to uh, hard to not enjoy uh, his his talk and uh, the, uh, the the fire the uh, fire chief rather from Alberta who did his talk on uh, on the adversity he went through and the wildfires they faced out there. Those are two keynotes that that uh, that really um, stand out. But truthfully, if you're looking for favorite memories. Um, talking with the members and, and meeting, uh, you know, after the trade show has kind of ended, there's usually a, a soiree, if you will, and uh, you can have a beer or, or have a chat and, uh, you know, meet with uh, your neighbors and your not so neighbors, neighbors, the ones that come from uh, beyond, but um, 
that maybe Twitter has connected you with, at least in my case. So it's uh, it provides some uh, some good networking, and that's probably some of my where my more more uh, long memories come from. Definitely, yeah. The speakers are are a great addition, but I I definitely think the March Classic brings people together that you generally wouldn't be able to to see unless it's at a farm show or an event such as the March Classic. So looking back over the past 10 years, what do you think has made the March Classic such a successful event? I think because it's somewhat unconventional, perhaps it's something that, um, you know, we do locally that um, combines the, the industry portion with um, maybe out of the box speakers or something a little different for farmer members. It's not, um, all ag all in your face it's hey this speaker is going to talk about those things that can just provide maybe some growth or outside perspective for uh farmer members and 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 industry people while also you know bringing a little bit of the ag flavor of course to it and and then being able to highlight some of uh, of our work over the years i hear really good things about the commodity classic and i haven't been able to attend but um I would like to think it's maybe something we're kind of trying to mirror. It's it's not a, a farm show. It's a, it's not a trade show. It's it's a, an event more so, and that just you know lends itself to be a little different and and uh, and draw you know people in. I think. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a it it is kind of a catch-all in that it's got everything that you know you'd want in kind of a conference. It's you know, a day of speakers, it's the networking, there's a trade show, it, it, it breaks it up really nicely. So having been an attendee and now being on the planning side, what do you think the most challenging part about this type of conference is? So I think from the committee's side, the most challenging uh, thing we run into is um, making sure that we provide uh, dynamic and engaging speakers that uh, the, the, the four or five speakers that we would usually uh, have on uh, at that day, uh, we spend a great deal of time hashing over um, who they may be and whether they'll be a good fit and trying to seek out um, uh, new content and something maybe relevant, but, uh, but not something that you, you see uh, you know, throughout the, the speaker circuit, if you will, over the winter months uh, locally either, trying to break outside of our bubble a little bit. And, uh, and that, that's tricky. I know that, uh, that, that uh, staff and, and Victoria, I know they, they do a good job looking for those but then it's, it falls upon us as a committee to, to, to also try and find and seek out and recommend uh, people that we think will be good. And then at the end of the day, that decision, the decision falls with us. And uh, I think that's probably the part that takes the most effort. You guys in staff there, it's, uh, it's real nice that you look after just about all the little details. It's just this big stuff that we have to worry about. So. So that's what we're here for, you know, make make your life a little bit easier when it comes to those great big decisions like picking a speaker. <laughs> so what about the March Classic Committee do you enjoy and why was it a committee that you wanted to get involved with? Well, because this is uh, like a signature event of GFO, it's, it's, it's neat to be involved and uh, 
and see what uh, you know might be up and coming. Get the inside scoop on on where this may go a little bit. Um, I was involved in the communications committee uh, my first year, I believe, at GFO, and then um, moving into the March Classic committee. It uh, provides that um, outlet and outreach to members, while also you know, you get to be part of that signature event, you know. Um, I, I, I get, it's really nice because I get to stand on the shoulders of giants maybe in a way. You guys and staff, the staff kind of do a lot, great deal of the planning and I get to come out as like, yeah, I'm the chair, I did that. And we, uh, you know, I helped uh, organize and steer this. But uh, at the end of the day, it uh, it's a big team effort and the whole committee uh, has a lot of input on this. And uh, it's, um, it's fun, I guess, when it all comes together that, uh, maybe you get to say you had something to do with it when it's all over with. So. Well, yeah, definitely. And hopefully this year will be another great success. Um, and definitely thank you for stepping up and being a chair for the March classic committee. It, it, it's fantastic that you're so involved and as a director and everything. Um, so Josh, I just wanted to say thank you for coming to the podcast today and thanks for taking time out of your day to, uh, sit down and chat with me about the March Classic and uh, and everything that goes into it. I appreciate it. Not a problem, Paige. Joining us on the podcast this week is Chair of the Board of Directors, Marcus Hurl. Thanks for joining us today, Marcus. My pleasure. Now, the federal, provincial, territorial ministers met on the 20th and they have another meeting scheduled for the 27th. One of the topics up for the discussion that has been reviewed is possible options for improvements to business risk management programs. I know that's a topic that we're really hoping does get some attention. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what we're hoping to see come out of these meetings? They've been, uh, like you said, they, they met last uh, Friday already, and uh, we heard that they were talking about business risk management, but of course there's always... Um, some agreements that have to be put in place uh, between the provinces and the federal governments uh, to make sure that they comply with the cost share programming. That's usually uh, the 60-40 split. We certainly hope as the grain sector and especially Eastern Canada has been impacted by volatilities of uh, pricing, market access, and so uh, this past uh, couple of years. Of course, we've seen uh, probably some rallies in commodity pricing, but uh, we certainly don't know what's going to come. And uh, so the uh, ask from GFO and uh, partners that we work with, with uh, Quebec and uh, Atlantic Grain, and also with uh, some na other national organizations is still 85% without uh, reference margin limiting. That uh, would bring the trigger mechanism up to uh, respectful levels for the uh, grain sector uh, because uh, we have to realize the grain sector does live under different uh, cycles and different uh, uh, stresses than uh, some of the livestock industries. Uh, so we are hoping that they're going to address this at this FPT meeting. We as an organization have been working hard uh, advocating towards those goals. Uh, we've also been reaching out to a lot of uh, rural MPs and also uh, some key cabinet stakeholders uh, that are uh, heavily in the decision-making process engaged. 
uh, we're hoping that this is going to bring to light some of the need that we are going to be looking for. So um, again, I am somewhat optimistic that there will be an, a positive outcome, but uh, we, like I do want to repeat, there, there's always the holdup about the, uh, the agreements that are in place between the provinces and the, uh, and the federal government that needs to be met before any, t any changes can happen. So uh, again, we're, uh, we've been running our campaigns the last couple of months, uh, getting the acknowledgement and uh, working hard on that file. Business risk management is just one example of how we um, work with our government in order to um, you know get the things that we need the support we need for our farmer members and um, policy day that's coming up on December 10th with our delegates it's a way for everybody to know what it is that are the topics of concern so can you let us know a little bit about what plans are already in place I know things are still being worked on but what can you tell us so far about what's going to happen during policy day with the uh, the whole COVID-19 crisis going on uh, this will be a virtual uh, meeting as uh, it cannot be hosted in person it's unfortunate because uh, usually we always like to get the most engagement from our delegates uh, in that specific policy day because it gives everybody a chance, first of all, to address the, uh, the, the, the issues of the day. And second of all, we can basically highlight some of the strategic plans that we're looking forward uh, in this whole um, process moving forward. So uh, this year, uh, our main focus is, first of all, the uh, Grain Farmers of Ontario Board has been working towards a new strategic plan. And uh, this will be one of the items that will be covered. Um, of course, we as an organization like to stay on top of that process. Uh, the last couple of months, we have engaged uh, through expertise to get to a, a plan revision. And uh, so we will actually uh, present that plan at the uh, policy day. Another part that we will have, uh, we will have uh, John Kelly, the uh, um, deputy uh, uh, minister of agriculture that, that will be there as well to uh, kind of lay the groundwork of where uh, government and uh, bureaucracy is basically working on uh, wor on our behalf, and uh, uh, it's certainly a, a good opportunity for him as well to present himself as he is new to the uh, the role. Uh, just came in uh, midsummer, and uh, of course, he's quite an important person that we have to work with on uh, many different things that we're doing. So uh, I'm actually looking forward for that specific day. It, I'm hoping that it will be interactive enough for everybody and uh, that we can get our points across and have good dialogue through the day. Now, harvest is wrapping up across the province, just about finalized everywhere, I believe, based on what I've been seeing reported online on Twitter and social media. Um, what are your some final thoughts on harvest and how this season went? Harvest is probably 90-95% wrapped up. Uh, there's very few acres of corn or even beans still out in the, uh, in the fields. But um, from my perspective and from where I'm from in eastern Ontario, we've seen a, a huge variability across the fields, especially in corn. Um, the grade is good. The, uh, 
the moisture was fantastic of uh, how low it uh, came at the end of harvest, but yields varied significantly through the field. And I'm not going to speak for other areas of the province, but uh, from what I heard, uh, we still kind of achieve an average uh, uh, year to say. And uh, I think with all considering uh, with the challenges we had from the spring to the summer, um, I think it's a good crop that we, we harvested. Uh, and of course, the soybean yields uh, have been reported as being probably some of the highest uh, since since a long time. So we can benefit out of those parts, but of course we have to look forward to the next uh, next year now, as uh, I uh, as we have now our inputs that we're going to purchase again for 2021 crop, uh, and there's a lot of unknowns out there of uh, what the prices will do and uh, how they're going to react through the the COVID crisis as it escalates now more into the uh, second phase. Uh, we do not know what this is going to do to our industry. So uh, I urge farmers to uh, to take opportunities and uh, make the best out of what they can do. Speaking of starting a new year, January is when we hold our district meetings. And this year, obviously, we're going virtual because of COVID-19 and just to protect everybody's health and well-being. Um, what can you tell us about uh, the January district meetings that are being planned? So uh, again, the uh, JFO board has decided to go virtual because it's uh, just not workable to do uh, certain areas of the province that might not have restrictions and some that do uh, do it in person. So we decided to go on the virtual platform. It makes it more a unified uh, mechanism for the staff and the people that are involved in uh, putting the uh, district meetings together. Um, I want to ask that uh, every member of Grain Farmers Ontario be alert on the communications that you're getting through the next couple of weeks of uh, when and uh, when the, your district meeting will happen, um, how to log in, what the process will be, and uh, we will make it run as smooth as possible. Uh, of course, now the last couple of months, we've learned how to work with some of those uh, communication platforms, and uh, we certainly know how more, more how to handle them. So uh, I believe it will actually run quite well. Um, again, uh, please don't be afraid of uh, being on the uh, on the district meeting platforms because it, again, it's our communication out to the membership and also collecting the feedback from our members and giving us as a, an organization direction of where the, we should actually put our emphasis and our focus towards. One of the important parts of the meetings is the election of delegates. So farmer members who are interested in becoming a delegate are encouraged to let that be known early by reaching out to the current directors. What would you say to people who either are currently delegates and maybe on the fence about whether to come back or other farmer members who are thinking about becoming involved in the organization as chair of the organization? What kind of advice or recommendation would you give to them? The one thing I want to say is there is a place for everybody on on Grain Farmers Ontario, even though if you're only at your local level, at the board level, it's always important that our that our people that are getting involved and engaged. 
this is a grassroots organization. It's very important that uh, we make the best use out of it. And uh, farmers should not be afraid of stepping up into the roles of uh, being involved because uh, you are the voice of an organization and uh, I strongly recommend that uh, you you are involved in it. Um, again, uh, it's gonna be probably somewhat different than the last couple of uh, years. Like, uh, like you said, Rachel, um, uh, please voice yourself that you're interested of stepping up or stay or remaining as a delegate. And uh, the uh, election process will be set up a specific way that uh, there are actually proper elections that can be conducted. So um, uh, please get in touch with your local director or your uh, district chair, or even some of the members of the uh, the delegate body that uh, that are out there at the moment. And if you are interested, the names can be put put forward and they will be recorded so in the time of the meeting they can be brought up and the process can take it along at that point. And if anybody isn't sure about who those representatives currently are, they are listed on our website at gfo.ca under the About Us section. Thank you so much, Marcus, for taking some time to talk with us today. There's a lot going on and it was really interesting to get this update from you today. Thank you. More than welcome. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Josh Borson and Marcus Hurl. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.